Hey mama, welcome back to Mama's Mission. You're in for a treat, seriously. You are in for a treat today. I think I say that every time we have an interview, but I'm serious when I say it today. I love all things discipleship, and when I get my hands on a book about discipleship, the very first thing I think after I've read it is I've got to get the author onto the podcast and totally pick their brains. And I'm a firm believer you don't ask, you don't get. So that's what I did. I reached out to Melissa Swain. She wrote with her husband, Chris, a book called Write It On Their Hearts. And it's about all things discipleship. And it was gold. Seriously, I read it from cover to cover. Well, can you read it from cover to cover if you're reading on a Kindle? But you know what I mean? And it was such an awesome book. And I thought, I got so much out of this. I know my listeners are going to get so much out of it as well. So I hope that you are extremely blessed by this discussion that I have with Melissa, where we talk about discipleship, where we really hone in on why we need to actually be intentional with this whole discipleship journey and a whole lot more. So stay tuned, Mama. Hey friend, welcome to Mama's Mission. Here we unpack the mission of discipling your kids into a real and loving relationship with God. I'm Deb, and I'd like you to think of me as your spirit stirrer. Is that even a thing? It is now. I want to stir your spirit up and inspire you to get intentional about discipleship. Mama, your role is more than making snacks and nagging. I mean, encouraging your kids. There's a greater purpose you need to work towards, and that's leading your tribe to know and love God. If you're ready to ditch your overwhelmed, discouraged attitude and get more clarity and inspiration on raising Jesus-loving kids, this podcast is for you. So grab a coffee and maybe a sneaky treat, kick back and get ready to be inspired. Hey everyone, thank you so much for tuning in to Mama's Mission. Today I've got a really special guest with us. She is... Oh, she's amazing. She's written this book with her husband and her name is Melissa and she's got so much to share and give us about discipleship. Just amazing stuff. So I'm all for it. I hope you get so much out of the interview and I think we should just crack into it. Melissa, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me, Deb. I'm so excited to be here. (laughs) Could you share with the listeners a little bit about yourself? Yeah. So I'm a mom. I have a 15 year old son and an 11 year old daughter. Um, We are navigating um, learning to drive and all of those fun things that come with that. So I'm a teenager and then I have one who is not quite a teenager, but feels like she is. (laughs) And so we're also navigating all of those fun things that come with with growing up a daughter. Um, We homeschool. So that means that while I'm working from home, I'm also responsible for educating my kids. And so that is a wonderful challenge and sometimes very difficult as well. I like the fact that I get the teacher's book and that I don't. So I do know everything, right? (laughs) So true. Yes. Yes. Um, I was married to Chris for almost 23 years. We were together in ministry that whole time. Um, And he passed away last year and um, very unexpectedly. And so we've just been navigating through all of what that brings for our lives and launching a book that was supposed to be his. Like we, we thought that his name was going to be the only one on the front 
um, even though I was helping in the process and um, that's not the way God planned it. And so here, here we are. Yeah. Such an amazing story. And just, I can't imagine how difficult that would have been like doing this together and you know, I'm so thankful though, like just saying to you earlier before we press record, I read the book and it's gold. And I was just praying about it this morning thinking, I really do need to read it again. I read it through quite quickly. Um, I like to read as I breastfeed. So good Mm -hmm. old Kindle. So I read it through, but I so need to read it through again with notes and totally take notes because it's chock-a-block full of great tips and tricks on the actual oh how would you put it like the action steps of discipleship it's not just you should do Mm -hmm. this because we know that we should be doing it but Mm -hmm. it gives you heaps of tips and tricks yeah and if it's any comfort to you I pick it up and and reread it all the time (laughs) okay (laughs) wait what did I what did we say about this um let me check (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome I love that So you and your late husband, you wrote the book, as you said. Can you share the heart of the book and why you feel Christian parents should read it? Yeah, I mean, serving in ministry, we served in ministry all over the south south part of the United States in many different churches and different contexts. We um, served with students, with college age, with singles. And so we saw this progression of kids growing up. And we saw the difference between kids who really had a personal relationship with Jesus and ownership of their own faith versus the kids who just went to church when mom and dad brought them. And then maybe they kept going later because it was cool or that was where their social group was or, you know, and then we saw singles who had been away from the church and had come back and we were, we had the opportunity to talk to them like, what was, what happened? Why did you leave? And it really came down to, I didn't have ownership of my faith. Then mm-hmm. that was the recurring theme that we were hearing. And as we had our own kids and are trying to raise them and teach them the way in the way they should go, like Proverbs says, and we wanted them to have that ownership of their own faith. And so we kept looking for resources to help us. And there are amazing resources available but we could never find exactly what we were looking for. Like, yeah, I don't want a checklist. I don't want something that I have to feel guilty about if I don't check all the boxes or do all the things. I need to know what I'm supposed to do, but let me figure out how to do it that works for me. I I kind of don't like being told what to do. <laughs> Just, yeah. Just a little confession there. And so I want to know what I, what needs to be done, but let me figure out the best way that works for me. And so we couldn't find that. And so Chris began to write it and we went back and forth with that. We worked together as he put this book together and we were getting ready to finish it up and launch it out when God called him home. And so it was really important for me and really for my daughter, even she said, mom, you have to finish this. And so you know, the word of the Lord from my 11 year old's mouth, Hey, this is yours to do now. And so I, it was so important to Chris that it was one of the last things that he worked on in his life. And not only did I want to carry that forward, but I also know that if we needed that help, if we needed that message, then other parents do too. Oh, a hundred percent. You're so right. And I love it in the book. There's 
real life stories as well. And the stories aren't always painting you both in the perfect light because that's not reality when no. none of us are perfect parents. <laughs> no, we're not. <laughs> you, your husband, like it came across so clearly, he had such a passion for discipleship, especially mm -hmm. like it started not when you were not when you had children, like it was discipling others. And then it moved into obviously your children. Mm -hmm. Is this vision something that you caught or did you have the desire to, to disciple similar to your husband's? Mine was something that was really, it was really kind of had it already, but I didn't know it was there. If that makes any sense. I grew up going to church um, in the context that I grew up in discipleship meant you go to a class on Sunday nights or um, you meet once a week, you read this chapter in this book, or you work through this workbook and fill in the blanks. And then we talk about it. That was the discipleship that I was familiar with. And that's not really what we're talking about here. So I, I knew that that class fill in the blank version, that was fine. That's it's, it fills a need in a lot of lives, but that is not true discipleship the way Jesus discipled. And so once I learned, hey, this is the way Jesus did things, this is probably the way we should try to do them too, um, that was like, oh, yes, I want in on that. That's so true, actually. With Jesus, it was more natural and I totally agree with you. There is a time and a place for separate things like that. Mm -hmm. But yeah, just to make it authentic and, and real. And that's what he was all about. And yeah. it's about walking the talk really, isn't it? Yes. I mean, Jesus never told the disciples, hey guys, I want you to read these chapters and <laughs> we're going to talk about this next week. You know, memorize your verses. <laughs> I want you to say them for me. Those things are fantastic and we need those things. We do. But that's not how Jesus discipled the people who were closest to him. And those those 12 and then the three who were really tight with Jesus, like he was just with them every day and took them along whenever he did stuff and said, hey, watch this. Let me show you what let me show you what's fixing to happen. And he told them, I'm telling you things. I'm not holding information back from you. You're my friends. I love you. I'm telling you the things that God's telling me. And that is so different than the way sometimes we like to do it in church. Yeah, that's true. I think more in church, it's putting up a front almost like, I'm fine. Everything's fine. Meanwhile, everything's crumbling and falling apart behind the scenes, but you don't really want to share that with that many people. But that's what Jesus was like. He was so real. Like he had his not I wouldn't say tantrums, but you know, he he had his little um hissies every now and then. Like he did I'm not happy with this. Yeah, he flipped tables. I mean, <laughs> come on, let's let's get upset about something when it's time to get upset about it. Yeah, he but he was so real and and so he could connect with people on a level that, you know, like the Pharisees couldn't like they may have known everything they needed to know but they couldn't really connect with people because they were too worried about how they were supposed to look or or the way things were supposed to be and Jesus was just like hey I'm gonna pray come pray with me pray with let, let me show you how to do this and he you know in his righteous anger he did have a tantrum and and flipped those <laughs> tables but he also cried when Lazarus yeah. died and he showed us you know it that 
these are emotions and it's, it's good to have these. And, and I'm going to let you guys go with me in this. And then he also took a nap on the boat when everyone else was like <laughs> losing their minds and Jesus is over there taking a nap. <laughs> he was tired. Okay. Like he was just himself wherever he was. And I think that's really important for us to remember that we're not trying to be something we're not, but we are trying to be who God has for us to be and help our kids learn to do that too. That's so true. I couldn't agree more. <laughs> the word intentional comes up quite a bit in the book. Mm-hmm. Why do you feel we need to be intentional about this discipleship journey? Because we've been talking about how it needs to be real and authentic. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of parents could probably think, well, I'm discipling. I don't really need to do anything specific, if that makes sense. I don't need to get intentional. But the concept of being intentional came up quite a bit in the book, which I loved. And I'd love you to unpack that a little bit. So if we are not intentional with our time, it disappears. Mm. If we're not intentional with our money, we don't know where it's gone. And I think the same thing is true with our kids and with discipleship, that if we don't have a plan and if we don't know what we're doing or what we should be doing or what we should be focusing on, then our then it's like, what happened? We, we get to where our kids are driving and we're ready to let them go out into the world. And we're like, oh, wait, have I taught them the things that they need to know, not just behind the wheel of a car, but as a human being and as someone who loves Jesus, have I done that? We don't want to get to those moments and and have a little like freak out going, have I done everything that I'm supposed to do? Have I invested properly? And so it's just like when you're putting away for retirement, you know, you you set aside money every paycheck or every month or whatever, and you put that money away, you have to be intentional about doing that. And if you don't, then you're not setting up for later. You're you're not investing over time. So if we don't pay attention to what we're doing with our kids in the opportunities that we already have, because we are already around our kids. We already have them. We're already driving in the car with them and cooking dinner and, you know, watching cartoons with them. When we are doing those things with our kids, we just have to be intentional as much as we can and use that to have those conversations about Jesus and about, hey, what do you think God would say about that? What does the Bible say about this? It will get away from us if we are not intentional. So true. I couldn't agree more. And that segues really nicely into the next question I have, which is there's at the back of the book, there's a plan on how to Mm -hmm. speak into the areas of discipleship um, with your kids. Can you unpack that a little bit more? Yeah. So Chris talks about in the book, having a family meeting once a month or once a week, a discipleship meeting. And so there are plans in there to help you walk through having a meeting with your kids. If you're not used to doing that, if that's something totally new for you. Um, And that's also something that can be customized for you, for your family and for the ages of your kids. I love having a plan. I, I need something written down or else I will forget because we (laughs) as moms have too many things in our brain. (laughs) They fall out and they are gone. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And so if I don't have something that I can look back to and reference, oh, what am I supposed to be doing? Then I can just completely miss it and not even realize until later, oh, I was supposed to be doing that. We have um, the weekly plan. 
We have a yearly plan, which is my favorite, but there, there are ways in there that you can focus on the elements that we talk about in the book. It's just a reminder, Hey, this week, focus on love with your kids, whatever that needs to look like for you, for your family, for each of your kids. Maybe it means you plan something on the calendar, but maybe it means that you have a 10 minute conversation in the car with your kid when there's no one else around. Maybe it means that you grab one of your kids and you say, hey, let's go get ice cream. And they are shocked because ah, mom doesn't do that. But that's a way to invest in them and spend time just with them. And so that you can build that love and connection that over time builds up, builds that investment in your kids and gives you opportunities for God to write his word on their heart. That's so cool. With the family meeting or discipleship meetings that you had, was that something that you did together because I know Chris mentioned in the book he liked to kind of have like his chats with each child individually I'm just wondering we you know with discipling and you have a plan which I think is such a great idea was that something that you were on the same page with or did you sometimes feel hey I think this child needs a bit more loving and he was like <laughs> on some a different page so you were kind of still discipling but doing separate things. So we did a little bit of everything. Okay. Um, a lot of times we would eat dinner together. And so a lot of, uh, not every night because that's impossible, Yeah. but we would try to have at least one night a week where we all sat down at the table at the same time and we ate our food together. Yeah. And so we would look each other in the face and have conversations. And so a lot of times that is when the meeting time would happen. Hey, tell me about your week. What's been going on with you? Like, let's let's have this kind of a more formal um, time together. And then the rest of the time, a lot of it would be one-on-one. We traded off putting our daughter to bed because she still liked to be tucked in. Yep. And so he would take time to pray with her when it was his nights. And on my nights, I would pray with her. And so like, you know, you, you kind of tag team those things when you can. And then when you can't, you just do the best you can, because honestly, the last year and a half or so, I have struggled hard with some of these things, but I've used this book really as even before it was released, I cheated because I had the manuscript <laughs> and I was like, you know what, if I can do this, I, I, we might eat cereal for dinner tonight or frozen pizza for the third night in a row. My kids won't care, but I cannot let their spiritual lives suffer because I just don't have the energy or the brain power to do things that is most important because nobody else can do that. And so I had to figure out what that meant and what that looked like for us. And so it can look different for everybody. Yeah, I think that's really important as well. I love it how you mentioned how you had your catch up. It was informal, like, because we eat dinner a lot, but I'm pretty sure my husband, if like he's totally on board with discipleship, but if I mentioned we're having a meeting, oh my goodness, <laughs> he falls asleep. Parliamentary procedure? Yeah, oh. <laughs> It's painful. It's painful. Like, and I'm trying to make it fun, but I can just trick him. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You can play a game at dinner 
Let's everybody talk about your highs and lows. What was your high for this week? What was your low for this week? That's an easy way to get everybody talking and like to to hone in and be on the same page without having to say, okay, I'm calling the family meeting to order. (laughs) (laughs) You're so right. (laughs) Yeah, I love that. I love how it's just, yeah, natural and that, that just takes the pressure off too. But as you were saying just before, this is something I think it's so counter-cultural or whatever the word is. You know, we are so busy doing things that really in the grand scheme of things, they're not important. They're not mm-hmm. making those heavenly deposits whatsoever. I mean, sports is, are, you know, they're great if, the, if your kids are mm-hmm. into it. But if it's taking that much time out of your schedule where you're not able to be intentional with your kids and, you know, make it a real priority to disciple them, then maybe things need to shift slightly. Mm-hmm. That's one of the things that we made a commitment early on. Um, we only we have two kids. There were two of us. So and he tra- and Chris traveled a lot, and so we said, okay, one person has to be able to manage this because sometimes there's just one person here, and you know that was kind of um, God knew that that would be a big deal later on. We had no idea how um how big of a deal that 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 already having that schedule in place would be but even as they get older it's more complicated we only have sports or practices that take us out of the home one night a week and it happens that both kids are on the same night and that is <laughs> amazing but it's also very difficult because that means that they're starting at the same time sometimes or that somebody has to catch a ride home with somebody else. And it it's wonderful to be able to have have that help. But, you know, sometimes you're like, mm, we have to say no to some really great things so that we can say yes to the best things. And it will never be a regret of mine that I said yes to my kids first. Mm. That's really cool. A great reminder for heaps of our listeners as well. So, so cool. Um, I'm just a side note. Did you find with the with your husband passing and you know, you really wanted to get this book um published, which I totally understand, did you find it almost like a healing process? Like, did it help in the healing process? Yeah, there were some times as as an editor, I had already read a lot of it um, hadn't read it all together yet. And so as the publisher put the manuscript all together and sent it back to me and I, um, I, I kind of put on my editor hat as I was reading it and like, no, fix this, change that, move that, put that there, you know, that kind of thing. That was, that was wonderful to me to like really get my hands in there and, and like make sure that I knew it was the best it could be. But also as I was reading some of these things, I could hear Chris's voice. I could hear him saying these things. And it was such a blessing to me. There were a couple of times that I would take a screenshot or take a shot of, you know, something in the manuscript and send it to a friend. I'm like, look what he said. Like this, this right here, if it's not for anybody else, it's for us. And so that has been um, really amazing and really a blessing to have this work of his that I can also give to my kids. Heck yeah. It's amazing. I mean, obviously yeah. he's he's left an amazing legacy with 
the marriage that you had and your children. But this book, it's, I don't know if I read it in the book, but it is his legacy. You know, his heart was just discipleship. He lived and breathed it. And that, that is just so cool that he could leave that. And I can imagine, you know, I haven't lost my husband, but I have lost people close to me and it, I don't know, I, that would just be really cool to, you know, hear their voice really clearly because obviously he wrote it, mm-hmm. but, you know, just to, yeah. And also encourage you as well, like not that you're necessarily going to go, oh, okay, I'm dropping everything. Like I, I can't do this discipleship thing anymore, mm-hmm. but just to continue to encourage you to, you know, continue to run the race, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, you know, this is the most important thing. This it is, you know, discipling our kids is the one thing that we can't outsource. We can have someone else mow our lawn. We can call a plumber to fix our leaky sink or toilet. We can have our groceries delivered. We can do all kinds of things. We can let somebody else do all kinds of things. We are the ones responsible for discipling our kids and nobody else can do that. You're so right. I've just had to write that down because I'm like, boom, that is so good. (laughs) So my my listeners are predominantly mums. Do you have any advice if they feel this discipleship thing is their responsibility? Because you were blessed, your your husband, you know, that was his heart. And mm-hmm. he did a phenomenal job at, as you did as well. But what would you say to the mum who's thinking, okay, this is great, but I feel like this is on me. Like my mm-hmm. husband, he's on board, but he's not as passionate about it as I am. So yeah, I'd love to hear your thoughts behind that. So I think the first thing we have to do as moms is give ourselves some grace because there is nobody harder on a mom than she is on herself. So true. And we do that to ourselves, really. And you know, then we start comparing ourselves to other people and Instagram and Pinterest and all the other things. And so we... We invite that a lot of times, and that is that is not what God intends for us. Um, so first of all, take a deep breath <laughs> and give yourself a little bit of grace. Um, your kids know you're not perfect. If they don't, they will, <laughs> and it's okay. Yeah. It's totally okay. And, you know, one of the things that we talk about in the book is I, I tell my kids all the time. I'm transparent with them. I, you know, I don't tell them everything, but everything I tell them is truth. And they know mom's not perfect. And I tell them, I don't have all the answers, but we're going to do the best we can. And so I think that as moms, we do a lot of the things. Like even if dad is on board, even if he's a support, we do a lot of the heavy lifting on making things happen. Yeah. And that's just the way it works in a lot of families. And that's okay. Don't um, don't think that you can't do it because you can. Every investment you make in your kids is valuable and the word of God will not return void. So take a deep breath, figure out what it needs to look like for your family. It may be that you have a dad who is supportive, he's just not at home because of his job. Mm. And so that's going to look different for every family. So find what works for you. Don't 
overstress and overtax yourself over it and just take one step, just do one thing and then do the next thing. Yeah, that's so true. We are our own worst enemies, aren't we? Mm -hmm. We're our biggest critics. Yes, we are. (laughs) The last question I have is if you had to, you know, someone listening is kind of like, my goodness, you know, I'm all for this. I can so see so much merit in discipling my kids. And as you said, you know, it's the one thing we can't outsource. And I'm a firm believer, you know, you were created to parent your children. Like they were created Mm -hmm. for you. Nobody Mm -hmm. else can do that job except you because that's what God designed you for. Mm -hmm. Other than, you know, obviously the key advice would be to get the book and read it. (laughs) (laughs) What's the one, like one piece of advice you would give to someone listening to start them off they're thinking, yeah, I've got to get intentional about this. What's the one thing you would go, okay, this is what I, where I think you should start. Start today. That That's it, really. Start today. Don't yeah. think you have to have all your stuff together. Don't think you have to have a space on the calendar. Don't think, oh, when I, you know, when my laundry's all done, that's <laughs> never going to happen. So and that's okay. That I mean, laundry's never done. It's okay. Start today. Do something today. And then do something tomorrow. That's really cool. And it doesn't have to be much. It could be, I don't know, having a real authentic discussion with them. As you said, mm-hmm. you know, like we like to do at the dinner table, high, low, buffalo. So high, low, obvious. And then buffalo is just something random they want to talk about. So, I love that. Yeah. And it's it works really well. And it's a great way to just um, get our daughter in particular to think about her day. Because her high is usually dinner. And her low is usually going to bed. like <laughs> mm-hmm. So it's actually getting her to reflect on her day. But, you know, even just, you know, uh, we've had those discussions with her occasionally, like at the dinner table, how did you show Jesus today? Like, did you mm-hmm. show it? How did you show his love? Like, and it makes us think, okay, how do we show his love? Like pressure. Mm-hmm. But that's, yeah. that's what we're here for, it isn't it? Us. Yes, it holds yeah. us to account too. When we are are faced with asking our kids like, oh, I have to have an answer for this too. Yeah. <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> yeah. I have so loved our conversation. I I got so much out of it. And the book, seriously, I cannot recommend it enough. It was such oh, a good read. You. It was full of um, tips and tricks. And I'm going to be putting that plan to use because like you, I am also a planner. And yeah. Uh, much to my husband's disgust, probably. I mean, it gets things done, so he can't really <laughs> It complain. does. We also have all of those plans um, that are in the back of the book. You can download, download those for free on our website. So you can have a pretty one to print. Oh, even better. Speaking my heart's language, it has to yes. be on paper. That's just me. Yes. Yes, put it on paper and we have some screen, um, some home screen things for your phone too. So that if you oh. want it on the back of your, on the screen on your phone, you can have that too. Um, so that's at writeitonthearts.com. You can find all of those free resources. Oh, thank you so much. That's awesome. Do you have any other, like, are you on socials at all? Or is that the right place for people to find you at your website? You can find us there. We are on socials. Um, Instagram is with the Swains. And then you can find us on Facebook too. Awesome. Thank you so much. I've really, really enjoyed our conversation today. Thank you, Deb. I've enjoyed talking with you. Thanks 
for listening to Mama's Mission. If you liked what you heard, please leave a review. Thanks, guys. Hey, Mama. I can pretty much say ditto to what my little girl just said. It lights me up when you're encouraged to disciple your kids from the content here at Mama's Mission. So either leave a review on the podcast or hit me up on Instagram at a dash of Deb. Or better yet, join the family by subscribing to our newsletter. The link is in the description. Be blessed, Mama.